Hello again and welcome to Flowing Backwards. This podcast is by me, Phil Peake, and Ian Four Candles Moss. That's him over there. Yes, you'll hear him in a bit. Um, it's brought to you from the bunker, as Ian would say, under the mud. So, on this week's broadcast, we're going to hear how Ian went from shorts to long trousers as he changed from little school to big school. And this he does while still progressing his musical diversity. Also on top of that, his anti-authoritarian attitude comes to the fore. So, sit back, listen and enjoy. Good afternoon, or good morning, or good evening, whatever time of the day that you are listening to this. This is me, Ian Four Candles, down in Phil's bunker, in the bowels of the earth beneath Stockport, amidst the clay, here we are again. I'm sat in a very squeaky chair. I'm going to go like that and see if you can hear it. So don't think that I'm stepping on mice or anything like that. If I Don't be perturbed as I ramble on. Uh, I'm going to start the way that I started uh, the last episode, the first episode, um, with a poem. And this poem is called Green Was Blue. It's about uh, Mr. Peter Green, who was the uh, founder and resident genius in Fleetwood Mac, who were the foremost British group of the age that we're talking about, because today is my long trouser years. This is, um, we're dealing with things from when I was around nine to around 11 or 12 um, and, and so here we go. I'll read you Mr. Green was blue. He is the supernatural. He is the Manilishi too. He is the supernatural. Mr. Green is blue. In a robe he sachets. Mouths words at the giant grave. Who cups an ear? What's that you say? We have to give it all away. All the money that we have made, all the moolah we have saved, the whole amount that we are paid, when we've played on a stage, we have to give it all away. With Spencer, Fleetwood and McVie, he developed a musical chemistry. Then in came Danny, Willowy, and more and more LSD. Isolated and forlorn, sometimes I wish I had never been born. All the money that we've made, we have to give it all away. All the money that we've made, we have to give it all away. It's tainting our purity. He is the supernatural. He shakes a rattlesnake. He is the supernatural, but he makes mistakes. Deep inside himself he sank, now prevents a canvas blank. Launched thunderbolts from skin and bone, a soul was inside his tone. Everything drained away, all he left was yesterday. But I retain a vivid memory of his supernatural glory, and that was no fairy story. He was the supernatural Black magic in the brew, he was the Manalishi. Mr. Green was blue. There we go, a little eulogy to Peter Green. 
fabulous music and one of my big influences and from the period that we're talking about in um 1968 i moved from the small school that i'd been educated at which had perhaps a hundred pupils to a larger more modern school with around 250 or 300 pupils and it didn't go smoothly i was um becoming increasingly aware of my sensitivity and i found myself in a situation where i allowed myself to be bullied and though i was never frightened i became uh, depressed and withdrawn uh, at the situation it wasn't fun it wasn't fun and because of that music took on an increasingly important role in, in my life it was music was a place where i could escape music was speaking a language that i could understand and as i've said before where where there is a strong narrative where is, there is a story attached to the music that took me off on an adventure it it was a way of showing me a different world and i was seeing that the world wasn't such a beautiful wonderful place and one of the key songs for me was by uh elvis aaron presley and uh he had a hit record called in the ghetto and it affected me deeply it was it was so sad it was um such heartbreak and it and as i say it was showing me a side of the world that i'd been protected from by my parents so there we go shall we listen to elvis aaron presley i think we should as the snow flies on a cold and gray chicago morning a poor little baby child is born in the ghetto and his mama cries cause if there's one thing she don't need is another hungry mouth to feed in the ghetto People, don't you understand? Your child needs a helping. He'll grow to be an angry young man someday. I take a look at you and me. Are we too blind to see? Or do we simply turn our heads and look the other way? Well, the world turns. A little boy with a running nose Plays in the street as the cold wind blows in the ghetto And his hunger burns So he starts to roam the streets at night And he learns how to steal and he learns how to fight in the ghetto Then one night in desperation, the young man breaks away. He buys a gun, he steals a car, tries to run, but he don't get far, and his mama cries. 
As the crowd gathers round, an angry young man face down in the street with a gun in his hand in the ghetto. And as her young man dies On a cold and gray Chicago morning Another little baby child is born In the ghetto And his mama cries As I say, I was uh, becoming increasingly um, sensitive. I'd been a rough and tumble boy and, and I don't know why all of a sudden things changed. I remember getting into um, fisticuffs with one of my friends, which was just something that you did. You know, you, you, you fought your friends and you didn't fall out with them. You know, the next day you just went back to normal. And I remember um, getting into a fight with my friend John Wilson on um, a piece of uh, scrubland. And I was quite capable of beating John Wilson up. I was a better fighter than John. And I was winning this fight. And somewhere in the midst of it, I realised that I neither wanted to hurt him or I neither cared about winning. And... Um, I just ceased to um, to fight and allowed John to win. And um, in the wake of that, it, I, I posed myself some questions. You know, why why was this? And and it and it simply it simply was. I was becoming more compassionate and more aware. I was developing uh, the start of a social conscience, right and wrong were taking on great importance to me everything wasn't just fun anymore it was, it was very confusing and, and and I thought a lot I spent a lot of time on my own I used to go and and uh, sit in in the fields and just just think and hang around um, garages and things uh, but music again was one of my uh, refuges and a, a place a place of escape it was a place where there was lots of whimsy around you know and um and the use of language was starting to fascinate me and because of this one of the pieces that uh greatly attracted me that i really liked pretentious though it was was uh noel harrison's uh, windmills of your mind which was uh, had lots of wonderful wordplay and was different from most of what I'd heard previously. And different was starting to be very appealing because I was realising more and more that I was not only different, but I was viewed as being different as well.
My unhappy um, junior schooling ended um, with me failing my 11 plus and going to a large comprehensive school of around 900 students, which was close to home. I knew lots of people. It was interesting. On my first day, I met my first, uh, the first time I ever met a black person who I sat next to, uh, Steve, who's become a, a lifelong friend. He was the only uh, only black person in the school at the time. And it's, um, it would be remiss to pretend that racism didn't exist in those days or at such a young age. It most certainly did. And, um, and it wasn't particularly overt most of the time, but Steve was different and I was different and through that we made very comfortable shaped bedfellows. Um, Steve was a massive Beatles fan which um, which was which was great because he, he talked to me about the Beatles and he got me into into lots of Beatles music and and that was nice he was he's, he's still somebody uh, today with a, a big interest in music he was in uh, in bands, as, as we grew up together, he was in in a band called the Hoax with um, Mike Joyce, who was later in the Smiths. They were absolutely terrible. One of the worst bands I've ever seen in my life. I remember um, taking LSD and watching them uh, lay on the floor in fits of hysterics at how 
appallingly unoriginal and cliched they were. Anyway, I digress. Um, so, I'm in secondary school and I'm quiet. I'm feeling my way. Um, I'm a little bit intimidated by the size of everything and because of that I'm deemed a model student. They, they used to have this bizarre ritual at the end of each um, year where they would have the two outstanding students, a, a boy and a girl, were brought on the stage out of each year to be congratulated and clapped off the stage and then horrifically they had a kind of name and shame mirror of that where they fetched on the two worst students of the year who were loudly um, reprimanded and told to pull the socks up in absolute silence, embarrassed silence it was as well. So age 11 I was um, on, the, on stage at the school for being the outstanding male student in my year. Ironically, two years later, age 13, I was on the stage for being the worst student in my year, which, and, and I wasn't a particularly bad child. I'd just um, started thinking for myself and asking questions, and I wasn't acquiescing to every command. I became disobedient and uninterested in some subjects music strangely being one of those because we had a music fascist as a teacher who um, believed that the only worthwhile music ever created was trad jazz um, now I, I like a, a little bit of Glenn Miller myself we were bombarded with it. The only time I remember a divergence was he asked us to fetch a recording that um, that that we could play to illustrate what we liked. I, I remember somebody fetching in "You've Got Me Dangling on a String" by the Chairman of the Board, which he played, pulling his face all through, and then um, horribly dismissed it as rubbish and said, rather like Bob Harris on the Old Grey Whistle Test, you know we'll have no more of that and we didn't lots of subjects i just didn't see the point they just weren't for me it was pointless sticking me in a woodwork or a metalwork class i had no interest in a physics class in a technical drawing class i, I just wasn't at all interested i was good at the things i was interested in. i loved history stories again i loved English literature, stories again. I loved art, but, but there was lots that I didn't like and it and it showed. So there I was and as I keep saying, um, my my escape was and always is music and and I was the oddball and I loved this song about an oddball. This was uh, Johnny Cash's a boy named Sue. Well, my daddy left home when I was three and he didn't leave much to Ma and me. Just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. Now, I don't blame him because he run and hid, but the meanest thing that he ever did was before he left, he went and named me Sue. Well, he must have thought that it was quite a joke and it got a lot of laughs from a lots of folks. Seems I had to fight my whole life through 
Some gal would giggle and I'd get red And some guy'd laugh and I'd bust his head I'll tell you, life ain't easy for a boy named Sue <laughs> Well, I grew up quick and I grew up mean My fists got hard, my wits got keen Roamed from town to town to hide my shame But I made me a vow to the moon and stars I'd search the honky-tonks and bars And kill that man that give me that awful name Well, it was Gatlinburg in mid-July And I'd just hit town and my throat was dry I thought I'd stop and have myself a brew At an old saloon on a street of mud There at a table dealing stud Such a dirty mangy dog that named me Sue Well, I knew that snake was my own sweet dad From a worn-out picture that my mother had And I knew that scar on his cheek and his evil eye He was big and bent and gray and old And I looked at him and my blood ran cold And I said, my name is Sue How do you do? How you gonna die? Yeah, that's what I told him Well, I hit him hard right between the eyes And he went down, but to my surprise Come up with a knife and cut off a piece of my ear Well, I busted a chair right across his teeth And we crashed through the wall and into the street Kicking and a-gouging in the mud and the blood and the beard I tell you, I fought tougher men But I really can't remember when He kicked like a mule and he bit like a crocodile I heard him laugh and then I heard him cuss And he went for his gun and I pulled mine first He stood there looking at me and I saw him smile And he said, son... This world is rough, and if a man's gonna make it, he's gotta be tough. And I know I wouldn't be there to help you along. So I give you that name, and I said goodbye. I knew you'd have to get tough or die. And it's that name that helped to make you strong. Yeah. He said, now you just fought one hell of a fight. And I know you hate me, and you got the right to kill me now. And I wouldn't blame you if you do. But you ought to thank me before I die For the gravel in your guts and the spit in the eye Cause I'm the son of a bitch that named you Sue Yeah, well, what could I do? What could I do? I got all choked up and I threw down my gun Called him a paw and he called me a son And I come away with a different point of view And I think about him now and then Every time I try and every time I win And if I ever have a son I think I'm gonna name him Bill or George, any damn thing but Sue. I still hate that man. Yeah. There we go. Johnny Cash, The Man in Black. What a fabulous record. That made a big impression on me, that. It was great. Uh, the whole, Johnny Cash's whole image and everything, he was just so, um, so patently a good man but who would stand up against authority. You, you'd, you'd rather trust Johnny Cash than you would the US president of the day, uh, Richard Nixon, and you would be very wise to. Anyway, secondary school. Didn't like it. I found uh, my other escape, apart from music, was football. I was, I was very good at football, and, and, and that was a sort of proving ground. Kept... Um, because I was good at it, it, it conferred on me a little bit of cool. They couldn't all dismiss me 
so e easily when I was a better footballer than them because that was a very important thing when, when you're a schoolboy. Anyway, didn't like it. I was making lots of enemies in the staff because I would stand up against them. I would argue with them, even though I was, I'm naturally reticent. I do tend to carry chips on my shoulder if I feel I've been slighted in some way. And there were lots of teachers I didn't like. I thought they were bullies and sociopaths. And I set myself up against them. It didn't make for happy schooling. What was funny was that there came a, a time when they decided to launch a school magazine. Now, psychology was probably one of my strong points. And they floated the idea in the assembly to the full school. And I knew as soon as the idea was floated that nobody would volunteer to do this immediately to take up the running of this school magazine because they would be seen, perceived, to be teacher's pet. I seized the opportunity. I volunteered and took command of the school newspaper, which I called um, Never a Dull Moment after Rod Stewart's current album of the time. And I filled it with my musings about uh, music and... Um, and drew rather nasty caricatures of teachers uh, who I didn't like. Uh, one of them actually stopped me in the corridor, grabbed me by the throat and told, told me that he would get even, which seemed uh, bizarre that a grown man would take uh, such umbrage at uh, my childhood um, exploits. Anyway, on we went. Um, there's a, there's a danger that I sound ever so maudlin, I know that, because I do tend to pick, as our musical interludes, sort of um, downbeat songs. And, and so, so the next song uh, is the other side of that, because everybody has two sides, and, and I did have a, a rumbunctious is that the right word? It's not, is it? Anyway, I'm not trying to rephrase it. I did have a louder side as well. I wasn't, I wasn't some sort of. Um, it wasn't like Dead Poets Society or something, you know. I was, um, I was, I could be quite laddish. And and one of my very favourite records of the time was by Credence Clearwater Revival, and it was Bad Moon Rising. Oh, I love how I love this record. The guitars, the sense of freedom, the there's a revolution, and there was certainly a bad moon rising inside my heart.
black music hasn't featured in in this show and and it it, it should do really it's it's remiss of me because it was the dominant music of 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 the day as a schoolboy um predominantly soul music although i found it rather strange that my classmates were obsessed with soul music but it wasn't current it was all mid-60s Motown you know it was the great hits by the Isley Brothers and the Four Tops and the Supremes that they were into I, I did find that ra rather strange but for me uh, very early on I developed a taste for reggae um, which was strange because none of my friends liked reggae reggae was um, looked down upon it was regarded very much as as novelty music but i don't know something about it got me you know I'd, uh, years later I, I heard somebody say you know you'd never walk the same once you've uh, once you've got reggae you know it affects your rhythm and i think that might be what it i think it affected my rhythm it affected my physical rhythm and my mental rhythm there was just something about it that I, that I liked so much i mean I, rem I remember the first two singles that i ever went and bought with my own money were not reggae music they were uh, by paul mccartney another day with a woman a why as the b-side and my sweet lord by george harrison with what is life as the b-side uh, fine records that I still love but the first two albums that I ever bought with my own I was going to say hard earned but obviously it wasn't earned it was with my pocket money the first two albums that I ever purchased were uh, Liquidator by Harry J and the All Stars and Return of Django by the Upsetters Lee Perry um, so reggae was with me from a very early early time um, the first concert that I ever attended was ostensibly a concert by Desmond Decker and the Aces at Hyde Town Hall. And I shouldn't have been there. I was just 13. Uh, I said, you know, I didn't tell anybody I was going. I simply gathered the money and went. And it was horrific. I got in, uh, but I couldn't afford to do anything but but loiter around and it was set out like some big supper club um or like a school um school dining room really with it had tablecloths and candles and um the people there i realized were not at all discerning they they were just there for a night's entertainment from a chart act and they were engaging in this mock sophistication of the of the day um eating chicken in a basket and slurping blue nun and leave for milch again I, I i shouldn't have been there i was so much younger than everybody else um uh, if I'd, I'd imagined kind of um rude boys i suppose as the audience you know and something um I've got to try and say that word again, rumbunctious, that's better. But it wasn't at all like that. You know, there were there were men and women in, 
just past the teens probably in kipper ties you know and a mini skirts that didn't suit them and and they looked horrific and they looked smug and they had mustaches it was awful anyway i waited patiently for desmond decker and the aces and stage time was approaching and the oily sort of um dinner suited compare took to the stage and said uh i do apologize but we've had a cancellation and we haven't got desmond decker and the aces we've got white planes and white planes were an awful sort of pop cabaret band who'd had a couple of hit records famously julie 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 do you love me julie 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 do you care julie 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 are you thinking of me julie 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 oh yeah something like that which horrified me disgusted me i, I think i, I, I don't know I, I can't describe the emptiness i felt but i was the only one who cared as i say everybody else was there just for entertainment i was there for a spiritual communion i was there to learn something you know i was there to feel something i wasn't there to clap along and and have this nice traditional entertainment but i was the only one everybody else was perfectly content with the situation anyway I stuck around for one or two songs it was all I could stomach and then I slunk away into the night went home defeated despondent I'd not seen Desmond Decker in the aces but at least I still had the records and this one is it mech <laughs>
So that's Desmond Decker, um, my first reggae love. Um, I hope you've enjoyed uh, our instalment from, from down here. Um, we can hear fighting on the streets, but we are safe. Um, and we've got, we're surrounded by tins of beans and peaches, although I don't know if I can sit here for a full week with Phil as much as I love him. I think he would drive me insane. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to brave the streets. If I survive, we'll do another one of these next week, and and we'll sort of I am trying to work chronologically, and and so we will talk about um, when my musical taste started getting more subversive and divergent because um, I took music seriously and. Um, it, it meant that I was always exploring. And so next week, I don't think we'll jump onto glam. I think we're going to do that before glam period. So perhaps next week we might hear the Edgar Broughton Band and Curved Air and Hawkwind and Groundhogs and King Crimson. Of course, that's the sort of stuff that was rocking my boat as a 12 and 13 year old at the start of the 70s. Goodbye for now from me and Phil, from down here, in the bunker, down the hill, down the dust pipe, down the pan. Bye bye, we love you. Thanks for that, Ian. Um, I hope you all... Um... It was a bit loud, wasn't it? Ha! Right. Thank you very much for that, Ian. And thanks for listening to Flowing Backwards. If you enjoyed it, go to our website. That's flowingbackwards.co.uk. Leave us a message where it says contact us. Also, if you go onto Facebook and put in Flow Back can leave us a message on there next week we'll be talking about ian's wonderful teenage years wonder how much raucous he can get i don't know arguing with teachers anyway we'll see you next week enjoy yourselves <laughs> <laughs>